Hey Hardies, you're listening to the Hardies Hotline, your connection to Hope Valley, hosted by me, Casey, and my friends Caroline and Cammie. A special thanks goes to our friend Brian Bird for letting us use the music on our show. Without further ado, grab a scone from Abigail's and enjoy! Hardies, welcome back to the uh, Hardies Hotline, your connection to Hope Valley. I'm your host, Casey, and I have Caroline and Cami with me. The team's back together again in full. We're back. We're back. And guess what, you guys? It is an exciting day because it's December 2nd. We're through this year almost. It's my husband's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Mr. Hutardy. (laughs) I don't know if he quite qualifies for that name, but. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Hardies, go to Cammie's Twitter at Cammie Drama Girl with a K and just shout out happy birthday to Mr. Hutardy. Okay. (laughs) He'll love it. (laughs) It will be the best birthday gift from the Hardies. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and tell him why, tell him why he should be a hearty. He doesn't have a Twitter account. So I give you permission to put it on mine. Cammy drama girl on Twitter, but tell him why he should be a hearty. <laughs> Boom. Boom. <There> go. <laughs> We're going to have a ton of evidence. <laughs> there you go. This, we, this is what we call evangelism. I yes. think is what they say. So yep, that's yeah, that's exactly what they say. Hardy's evangelism. <laughs> Hardy's do your thing. Do your thing. Yes, do it. We also have some exciting things to talk about today before we get into our episode. Yay! First of all, thank you to Out of Five Films for our merch. I found my shirt. So <laughs> that's exciting. And Cammy has her hat. Caroline has her zip up. And this is the month of December. It's the month of Christmas. It's the month of giving. So why not host a giveaway sponsored by our friends at Edify Films? Yay! Thank you, Elliot. Thanks, Elliot. So we have a really exciting thing for you guys. We are giving away a Christmas ornament, a special Wind Calls a Heart Christmas ornament from Edify Films. And all you have to do is subscribe to us on YouTube. That's it. Super simple. Just hit that little red button. Boop. Subscribe to us. You can let us know you did. Um, And your names pop up when you subscribe. So that'll be super easy for us to find you. Make sure that you've subscribed to us. Mm -hmm. And make sure you tell your friends too. You can begin entering today, December 2nd. And this giveaway will run through December 5th, which is a Saturday. So. And tell us if you want your ornament to say Hardy's or when calls the heart, because I'm mm. 95% certain that it could say both. Yes, oh. both. Yeah. Yes. So, so tell us what, tell us if you win, what would you like it to say? Hardy's or when calls the heart? There you go. That's an order. so go ahead and subscribe and make sure you let us know that you did um if you want to on twitter at hardy's hotline and don't forget that we are working towards the big giveaway the when we get a thousand subscribers among all our platforms that's going to be a big giveaway so don't forget to 
we're working towards that. Yes, yes, that would be so much fun. It can be um, a Christmas miracle if we make it this month. <laughs> it would be an amazing Christmas miracle. What a way to Should end. Should we put it on the wishing tree? Put it on the wishing tree. <gasps> Let's put it on the wishing tree. That's right. Here we go. Here, if you're on YouTube, then there's your wishing tree right there. there. You go. Cute. <laughs> Boom. Name it and claim it, y'all. Name it and claim it. <laughs> All right. Well, today's episode, we are discussing season one, episode seven. So we're over that hump of the halfway mark. And this episode is called Second Chances. Abigail is encouraged to reopen Coal Valley's dilapidated and abandoned cafe and make it her own after Elizabeth raves about Abigail's baking. Jack accidentally insults Elizabeth as he fumbles to confess his feelings for her. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> One of Elizabeth's students has trouble reading, so she enlists Jack's help for a creative solution. So appropriately named episode, Second Chances. We have our second chance with Bo, who is struggling with reading. He is an older kid. He's probably like, what, 15, 16? He's 14. Mm -hmm. 14. Yeah, he's 14 because remember, dad said you have a job at the mine when you turn 15. And his birthday was a week later. Right. Yes. So he struggled with reading. Um, and Abigail is trying to find her purpose in life after losing her son and her husband. And then we have a second chance with Jack and Elizabeth. So second chance is all around. What do you guys yeah. say? I can only imagine what it would be like to be in Abigail's situation to not to to lose the opportunity of being a mom and a wife in one fell swoop mm -hmm. i mean can mm -hmm. you imagine that both things being completely taken away from you in a snap yeah. and so i mean i don't blame her at all what is my reason for getting up in the morning and mm -hmm. she needs a second chance at life she needs she needs a good cause to be able to get herself up out of bed and to be able to enjoy life again. Mm -hmm. And then I just love Bo. I mean, Bo is just such a, such a sweetheart of a kid. I was watching it. I, I was, I was watching it again, you know, for this. And I was just blown away by the wide-eyed sweetness. Mm -hmm. I mean, Con Connor did such a fantastic job with this art. He did. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. And the the Jacks and Elizabeth storylines made, made me laugh again. I was like, oh, bless his heart, Jack. So like, I it I forgot about like all like the like foot and mouth parts like that happened during this episode, and it, it just made me laugh. I'm like, dude. Just quit while you're ahead. And stop talking. And the Abigail thing, it just, I'm like, bless her heart. And it just made me sad, but happy for her at the same time, like going mm -hmm. for her dream. And sweet little Bo. How can you not like Bo? I know. You can't. You can't. 
know. So what were some of your favorite parts of this episode? Anything specific that stood out to you? I love when Elizabeth finds out Bo's talent for mm. making models. Mm -hmm. Just her wonder and awe. Did you make these from scratch? You know, just the idea that no, he can't read. No, he's not as quick mm -hmm. of, of a learner vocally, but his mind is a steel trap and he has that beautiful talent. And, oh man, I'm going to cry. Uh, when, when Carl, when, when Carl, Bo's father asks him, what's this? Yeah. What, is, what does this say? Oh my gosh. That's what you, it all becomes clear. That's why he was so scared mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he didn't know how to read. He's mm -hmm. probably dyslexic. Right. And just the, the reverence, the reverence that he touches those figures that mm -hmm. Elizabeth made. And just, oh my gosh. It was, it was so so powerful and so meaningful you could instantly feel the bond between father and son mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. clicking so the line that was very moving to me and I wrote it down is when he says I can see now pa they finally make sense and then I wrote tears oh my gosh mm. it, it when I was watching this episode and I, when I was watching um poor Bo be bullied by James yet again oh my gosh James uh, James, James. Oh, James. Yeah. Come to Jesus meeting I know I know put him he, in the corner <laughs> he needs to be in the corner yes um, oh. but we know that Bo hasn't been in school for a while because his teacher basically said he's he's dumb essentially yeah. mm -hmm. is what he, they said he's yeah. so, you're too slow to learn yeah you're not, uh, basically sent, telling you you're not you're you amount to nothing because you can't read and you're a teenager and you know and I, I've got to say my heart went out to him because there's a moment where he looks at Emily and Emily's like oh. the cat oh. ran fast the fast cat <laughs> ran <laughs> and he's like this little kid can read and I am struggling and I don't know what to do about it. With and the exact same sentences. Mm -hmm. just, yeah. oh. And, she and when like, she moved Sip. up, when she moved up and you saw his face, I'm yeah. like, oh. and, and Elizabeth looking at him, I'm like, oh, that made, made, me, made me sad. Yeah. You can tell that Elizabeth is struggling to, mm -hmm. you know, to praise Emily and to encourage yes. her, but trying mm -hmm. to hold back for Bo's sake. It just, that, that is a tough situation to be in. Yeah, for I, sure. I, I had trouble like reading, like when I was younger and like, oh, you I did? did have, yeah, I, ha I had dyslexia and, um, but it, it was different, you know, of course now with like, right. you know, so I understand with Bo and, and it's, it made me sad, but mm -hmm. I wish I had a teacher like Elizabeth that would work that extra hard, you know, just for me, you know, mm -hmm. so. When I was in the sixth grade, my gym teacher, he, he realized what a struggle my 
left side, my left hemiplegia was. Mm -hmm. And every Friday, I, I looked forward to Fridays every day in the sixth grade because every Friday he would do a special uh, weight training exercise session, just the two of us to help my left side get stronger. Mm -hmm. And uh, he... Uh, he took, my dad told him about the problem. So I wouldn't be able to do all of the gym exercises, like all of the other kids. And he took it and ran with it. Yeah. It was, it was such, it was such a wonderful, a wonderful gesture mm -hmm. to that. He would take the time to understand that I couldn't do everything physically. And so mm -hmm. he was going to help me get stronger. Yeah. It takes that one teacher just to keep pushing you know so yeah teachers yeah. are god's gift to the world they sure are yes <laughs> indeed and I mean, even just adults with kids if you're working with kids or anything you're just so you're so important um because mm -hmm. i work with a lot of children at our church um sometimes with their memory verses and there are some mm. kids that get it really fast and there are some kids that are struggling <laughs> and it's um sometimes I have to take a step back because um how I grew up it was like very like you got to get it now Casey let's go let's go let's go um yeah. so when I'm working with these kids I have to step back and go okay <laughs> you gotta you gotta chill Casey <laughs> 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 you take it take Slow it a step down. back take it a step back so I'm always trying to like you know okay, Tommy, you can do it. What's the next word? Because I, I remember having those people in my life that were always so encouraging that made me want to go forward. I've also had those teachers that were not so encouraging that were like, just, you know, being mean about stuff. And then it made you not want to try. And yeah, so, exactly. Um, like words are important, especially, especially with our children. Yeah, mm -hmm. very, very much. What did you all think about um, Mr. Grady, the dad, Carl, originally, before we, uh, before we realized that he too struggled with dyslexia or reading um, inabilities? I was like, you I, stubborn mule. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, dude, do not talk to Elizabeth that way. Um, oh, yeah. Simmer down. <laughs> yeah. I was very confused as to why he was so averse to his son learning because as a mm -hmm. parent typically you want life better for your children um so especially in that time period it was oh you know yes you wanted your children to turn out like their dads or their moms or whatever but you also wanted them to have a better life so if it meant them going to school and at least learning how to read at a seventh grade third grade level whatever that was better than what you can do. And then they wouldn't have to suffer. So for me, when I'm looking at listening to Carl and he's so adamant that you've got one week to learn how to read. And I'm like, whoa, do you want your son to have the life that you're having? Cause obviously something's bothering you and something's like, you know, I don't know. I was very confused by that at first. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's funny. It's funny because Elizabeth is the one that called him out. Mm -hmm. said why are you afraid of letting Bo try and yeah. you know and that that kind of startled him I think but you know it was such a it was such a mindset yes back then that you know the whole pride of the man thing mm -hmm. and 
follow in father's footsteps, mm-hmm. you know, and he's a minor, he can't read, his son can't read, so he's gonna, he's gonna go and be a minor just like his mm-hmm. paw, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that, that was, if you watch Little House on the Prairie, there is so much male pride exhibited in a lot of the episodes where there, where there is a groundbreaking effort to get the men to break the pride cycle Mm -hmm. as it was so much there was so much of that back then yeah i would think he would want him to like stay in school because like especially in like coal valley like the the mine like exploded you know they had an accident like i wouldn't want my son to be working in these conditions you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like i would want him to yeah yeah especially seeing my friends like you know or you know his friends like I get hurt like and like die and stuff like I, w- I was like learn like you're gonna learn like yeah. I, that's what I would say but yeah yeah it was an interesting turn of events for sure for Bo once he we discovered once Elizabeth discovered the correct method for him because it was it's mm-hmm. it was a trial and error thing um and so good on her she is one wicked smart woman to <laughs> play, make the make the leftover dough into letters and make them 3d so he could actually physically touch them and physically pick them up and mm-hmm. see them because he has and, that mechanical mind and those mm-hmm. things were dang detailed i mean elizabeth <laughs> I must know. have been up all night <laughs> who helped her Abigail? <laughs> i bet you abigail helped they probably, probably had girl chat and they're making all these cute things she's like oh look this is a cute cat and it's in the sea abigail and abigail's like look at my e that looks like a eagle elephant yeah, elephant eagle. some kind of animal <laughs> yakking about jack themselves so ah! <laughs> It was so, it was so sweet to me how much Bo wanted to learn. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. he came to school, he came back to school the moment he had the chance. That That's not something that we really consider. Mm-hmm. You know, the old teacher told him to stay home. Obviously, mm-hmm. Elizabeth found out about this, told mm-hmm. him to come back. He could have very easily just said, no, not worth the trouble. Right. He came he came back. He was so eager to learn. When she comes to his house, he says, if this is about my homework, I'm so sorry. I, I promise I'll have it done by tomorrow. And mm-hmm. you know, then she puts the, she, she puts those fears at ease. And then he says, what kind of test? Like, Don't worry, Bo. It's nothing you have to mm-hmm. study for it. Okay. If you think I should just that wide eyed trust mm-hmm. and just the, the innocence and the beloved nature that he had for learning and for and the love he had for his teacher so much that he trusted her Mm -hmm. with that very difficult aspect of his life it's just it and then ah, i love connor in this role (laughs) and then he said he wanted to be a teacher and like oh you're so sweet that was adorable that was precious (laughs) the other thing that stood out to me in this storyline with Bo is when Elizabeth realizes that Carl is also illiterate 
because when you you see them there she's behind them and he's the dad's in wonder and he's looking and he's picking up all the letters and all the you know he's asking all of these questions and he too becomes almost very childlike at that moment oh completely the, the wife is just you know she's just marveled at this revelation in a sense you see elizabeth the light bulb goes off for her too because she also stands there in wonder and she's like no wonder the dad was so resistant and how amazing is this that now a son can now help his father learn Mm -hmm. basic reading skills and so it was just it was it was amazing I I love that storyline it's just so so touching you've never heard a father say cat so profoundly you know yeah. <laughs> it's just so I mean it's such a simple word but the way that he did it just cat it was such a revelation mm-hmm. you know it, it oh it, it's not a moment if if you look at it strictly on a script mm-hmm. obviously it would look very boring right you know, it just cat but Mm -hmm. they just brought it to life and they brought so much emotion to that scene and it it just yeah it Mm -hmm. it was it was amazing how much a three-letter word could be spoke with such reverence and Mm -hmm. such awe absolutely um kim byer johnson wrote this episode so fantastic (laughs) we loved it (laughs) (laughs) fantastic job so another storyline of second chances is Abigail oh. going up against them. Mm. <laughs> the, uh, it's Christmas time. She's going up against the Grinch of the town. <laughs> You're a mean one, Mister Gowan. <laughs> Ooh, that could be a great parody for season Christmas <gasps> time. <laughs> do it okay okay i'll i'll see what i can do (laughs) (laughs) too fine well abigail she is convinced by elizabeth in sort of a really weird way elizabeth is ranting about jack and also stuffing her face with scones because she's angry she's hangry y'all she is hangry (laughs) ranting because what else do we do when we are mad at a dude for being insulting? We rant to our friends Eat. and we stuff our mouths with something. something. <laughs> Cookies, brownies, Cheez-Its, goldfish. Chips. Milkshake. Oh, milkshakes mm. are good. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, good. Yeah. With fries dipped in it. Yeah. <laughs> You're just angry eating. This is what Elizabeth is doing, but then she's also Elizabeth. I'm so angry. This is so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's swinging on that pendulum of angry and happy because Abigail's scones are just so delicious. Well, Abigail gets this notion in her head that she's going to buy the old cafe and revitalize it. Hmm. And in a sense. What did you think about Abigail keeping this a secret for a while? I didn't really understand what the big to-do was about that. Like, why keep it a secret? And like, I just don't, like, and why did Jack, like, 
why was it like why didn't he tell Elizabeth you know what I'm trying to say like why did it why did he walk away from Abigail when when he brought her to the the cafe I, I just I was just wondering why he didn't say anything to Elizabeth well I, mean, well, I, I think yeah. it wasn't his story to tell yeah mm-hmm. that's true I guess in my mind it w- it's almost like not telling people right away about a pregnancy that yeah in in case something happens in case everything doesn't turn out all right you don't want to have to go back and tell everybody all over again that it's not happening right so Mm. i mean maybe it's something like that that Mm -hmm. it's it's a big because it's a big to do Mm -hmm. that's a that's a big to do for abigail to undertake that and do it completely alone so I think that she just didn't want to tell anybody just in case something didn't come of it That's yeah cool. and the other thing too you make a good point equivalating it to a pregnancy it could also be um this has nothing to do with pregnancy but it could also be the fact that she didn't want to be talked out of yeah mm. yeah like you know maybe Floma would say Abigail, what are you thinking? You know that you can't open a cafe. You have no money, you know, or just somebody can talk her out of it. Mm -hmm. She's already going up against Gowan, so let's go there. Let's go there. Let's grouse about Gowan. (laughs) I... You all know it's been a while since I've seen season one and there's been a lot of redemption with Mr. Gowan because he's now a gruffish kind of kindish man now season seven. <laughs> However. I love your adjectives. Gowan, I forgot how evil he was in this season. Has her Worse. sign it over, has her sign it over and then says it'll never work. And then so he that- said, I- he put up such a fight. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, not your place. I was like, and then he wants seventy five percent of the profits. Yeah. dude, no. you're not doing anything. 50-50 and her house. He's definitely getting a very sweet deal. He is just to be a bully in town. Oh my gosh. He, oh, he was, he was darn right evil, man. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this Gowan is the one from season seven? <laughs> what? Yeah. We're by all, the way, Martin. by the way, it happy Martin. birthday, Martin. It was just a few days ago. So that's true. Happy belated birthday, Martin. Fantastic. We job do love you. We, do. <laughs> we love you. We just don't love season one, Gallon. <laughs> <laughs> well, Abigail is slaving away at making, you know, making all the fixes and trying to fix all the leaks and everything. You know, that's the other thing. She could have gotten help. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of those people, if they found out that she was trying to revitalize the cafe and bring it back, they totally would have come to her, just mm-hmm. like the community has done. Yeah. You know, they're they're not they're not as 
community minded right now as they are in later seasons, but they mm-hmm. still help each other mm-hmm. and they still are there for one another. And I bet you that every woman in that place would have come with a scrub brush and a bucket, would have happily started scrubbing the walls and the floor and would have been sewing curtains. Mm-hmm. And that way she wouldn't have had to do it all by herself because I mean, the women probably weren't crazy about the saloon being the only place to eat something besides their homes. Right. And Mm -hmm. I am betting you anything that if she had told people about it, that they would have come in droves to help her out. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of wonder if she also did this kind of solo to show her, like show that she can do it. Yeah, show that she can do it and kind of take a step back because one thing that we find out, Abigail has always been the strong one. Abigail is there for everybody. She's there for Carla. She's there for Kat. She's taking care of everybody. She's taking. But she never asks anybody to come and be there for her. No, Mm -hmm. she doesn't. But now that everything's kind of settled, it's been several, several months since the accident. Things are starting to be in a routine and now it's finally hitting her that she really doesn't have a son anymore. She doesn't have a husband anymore. And right. I kind of wonder if it's that cycle of grief that she's going through and that she's realizing if I stay idle, it's not going to be good for my brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I need to be doing something to keep my mind off of the past that was so horrific and that was so devastating in my life. I have to find something to go forward because at this point, I mean, no random kids are going to be showing up, at least not that she thinks anytime mm-hmm. soon. Right. She's got Elizabeth, but Elizabeth is starting to figure out the ways of a woman on the frontier and she's teaching and she's got her own things going on with Jack or whatever so Abigail's kind of left to her own devices and I kind of wonder if she kind of did that to re-examine her life and re-examine herself and what she wants to do going forward because one of the most profound statements in this episode is when she says I'm no longer a wife I'm no longer a mother I'm just struggling to find my purpose now And that's Mm. the first time that we've seen her so vulnerable with anybody. Mm -hmm. We don't see that a lot from Abigail. No. I love that scene. It was so, so powerful. I'm like, poor Abigail. Mm -hmm. Mm. But this episode ends up happy despite Gowan's threats and his meanness and Abigail's struggles of finding her way in life and her future because she turns on that stove and everyone comes a running. (laughs) I love that scene. I love that Mm -hmm. scene. Miles comes in all by himself. I smell cookies. She gives them to him on the house, which I hope he didn't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Skip's giving away free cookies. Come on, guys. I mean, I would go. I would go. Oh, yeah. And then then she comes out and she just thinks, oh, sweet little Miles is trying to make me feel better. And then, 
whoa (laughs) (laughs) just that incredibly long line yeah all these people and like you said the community showed up just as they did and just as they always will exactly the community showed up for her Mm -hmm. i mean Yes, her cooking is famous, but I'm betting that they would have showed up anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. That little flirty um, scene with Jack and Elizabeth. I'm like, I see you. That was cute. (laughs) And that's a great transition to our final segment before trivia. It's back you guys. Yak about Jack is back because there's a lot to yak about because there's a lot of Jack in here (laughs) so oh second chances for mr jack thornton and elizabeth i I, i've got to say closet yeah i've got to say i I was like i thought we've moved past billy hamilton apparently Um, we're still we're still hoarding these feelings inside our hearts (laughs) i wrote a blog uh i wrote a, a a blog a while back saying uh the top 10 times I think that uh Jack flubs his words and a lot of them came from this episode (laughs) I'll see about putting that one I'll see about putting that one in the in the comments he just kept going like he just kept digging himself a deeper hole I'm like just just close your mouth dude just close it (laughs) yeah it was kind of like hey Jack do you want me to hold your shovel for you (laughs) and the way she looked at him like what did you just say (laughs) now okay she did not help him out in the saloon that first time oh no she did not he he was trying he was trying and she made it very very difficult for him but we've got i mean before that we have the infamous skunk bear deer conversation it's where the whole Mm -hmm. nickname thing came from but you know I mean I love what Abigail said because even though she's dealing with her own stuff right now Mm -hmm. she still has words of wisdom for how Jack should handle this situation and it's don't approach her as a constable approach her as a man and the very next scene that's exactly what he does I mean he is not taking this advice lightly Mm -hmm. he immediately the very next scene goes up to her she says good evening constable and he immediately says it's just jack tonight you know making it very clear that he is not approaching her as a constable and then she does not do him any favors whatsoever (laughs) oh mean i wrote lol in my notes when i was writing this down because i couldn't write fast enough so i was like saloon lol jack tries to ask elizabeth out emphasis on try chili on the saloon <laughs> oh she was making him work for it oh my gosh that that wasn't nice when he was trying you want me to, to cook make, when, when he was trying to extend the olive branch and I just, that was not nice oh, it was that's- bad for him and she she gives him that whole line about oh Friday's the night I'm going to be cleaning out my closet 
And so he's flabbergasted. He is flustered and he's bumbling and he wants to stop. And so, uh, okay, good evening. And he walks away because that's exactly what her attitude is telling him to do. And then she looks so incredulous. Jack, I know. Why'd you walk away? Elizabeth, stop giving this poor man mixed signals. She felt bad after, like, when she saw him walk away sadly, he, she, she felt bad, and she was like, Jack, and then she's a like, tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think she was just trying to give him a little taste of his own medicine, because he teased her relentlessly the last six episodes. It's so, true. I will say she probably thought, oh, snap, he doesn't realize I'm joking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's probably what it was. <laughs> The next favorite thing I have to say is when she says, pay me a compliment. Oh my God. And I'm like, first first I was like, okay, I'm an English major. Do you mean compliment? Like, are you testing him? Mm -hmm. Are are you testing him on compliment with an E or compliment with like, are you literally asking him to pay you a compliment? (laughs) I've thought way too deeply on that one, but. She was upset about what he said. She's like, like I'll I'll do better. <laughs> I'm like, Bless that is car. the that is the biggest loaded question ever. <laughs> like oh. what a test! What a test to put a dude through, you know? Oh my gosh! <laughs> but we have something to talk about, ladies. Oh, this sounds serious, Jack takes elizabeth by the hands you guys first the shoulders right yeah, this is a very very serious thing here because he doesn't just take her hands he puts his hands on his shoulder on her shoulders and oh, runs oops. his hands down her arms like i said made a shiver go down my spine first time i saw it and every time since <laughs> <laughs> but this is the first for real romantic gesture yeah that jack has shown despite his grumblings and grousings and his snarkiness and his you know coyness and his just overbearingly protective side of him he has gone to the place of romance oh he's gone there he has gone there yep what did you all think about this first gesture of romance he did good (laughs) i mean this is this is where the flirtation actually starts and i don't mean flirtation as in playfulness necessarily this is when we actually start seeing interest on both their sides because they've shown interest but it's been covered up by Mm -hmm. banter by witty retorts and by a lot of snarky (laughs) and uh but you can tell that he is struck with her and he doesn't quite get it all out, but he gets some of it out. 
and you can tell that she is struck with him and while she doesn't come right out and necessarily say anything she is definitely getting closer to him physically mm-hmm. you know at the, <laughs> at the very end when he gives her the test mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot to mention that is one of my favorite moments because the tussle over the paper is some, so of the, cute. is some of the cutest flirtation because it's just fun. And then all of a sudden they notice that everyone in the saloon is watching them. It's the look on Jack's face. I laugh so hard every time I watch it because he's just smiling so hard and he kind of looks around. As he, as he sits back down it's so funny yeah, but elizabeth, elizabeth is not afraid to get close to him anymore mm-hmm. she's not a she's not afraid to grab after the paper and you know and and be mm-hmm. and she's not afraid to be touched by him when yeah. he takes when he takes her by the shoulders he he doesn't she does not uh flinch at all mm-hmm. who would <laughs> You have to give credit to Abigail because she's the one that told Jack to treat her like a friend. To approach mm-hmm. her as a man. It, and that's brilliant advice. And mm-hmm. the fact that he took it instead of, you know, I mean, he he took the advice of giving honey instead of vinegar, but that also kind of backfired. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, he didn't quite... He kind of did it, kind of didn't. Mm-hmm. And so, but this time, this time he, he did it. He did it for real. Mm-hmm. And he asked for, he asked for a second chance on asking her out to dinner, which sets up a couple episodes later. Very nicely. <laughs> better, better than chili and beans in the saloon. That's oh, so much is. better. <laughs> so much better. But we will get to that in a couple of episodes. Yes, we shall. <laughs> Before we wrap it up, did you all notice any other Easter eggs in this episode? Uh, let's see. As in from the pilot movie? Actually, more like foreshadowing Easter eggs, like the Easter bunnies oh. dropping eggs for us to catch later. <laughs> I mean... Because I found the whole, the whole Adam Ooh. Miller storyline. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's yeah. actually a deeper Easter egg within that storyline. Okay, I don't know if you all caught it. Let me see. Um, um, the Jack gets a red a red robin, the the baby birds out of the flu, so that they can light the stove again. Um, my uh, Adam fixed everything like that. My daddy's the best miner in town. He comes home tomorrow. We're never letting him go. Okay, I'm stumped. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we're on the right track. We're on the right track. We meet the Miller family. We meet um, um, Laurel, who's the wife, and we meet the children, one of them being Jolene, who is played by Lila Fitzgerald, who is now a lovely young lady, by the way, you all. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's mm-hmm. just beautiful dancer. Beautiful. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. But that scene where they introduce the Miller family, the Miller ladies, I'm going to read you the poem that Jolene was reading to her little sister, at least a portion of it. The part where she 
picks up is when she reads, now Ben, he loved a pretty maid. Her name was Nellie Gray. So he went to pay her his devours when he devoured his pay. But when he called on Nellie Gray, she made him quite a scoff. And when she saw his wooden legs, <gasps> he had to take them off. Oh. Oh my word. I, I didn't catch that. I love that. I did not hmm. catch that either. I uh, know. I've seen this wow. episode a hundred times and I caught it just this last time because I was looking for trivia. <laughs> right <laughs> but Holy. seriously what a fantastic foreshadowing of what is to come yeah oh my gosh kudos to the writers once again uh, yeah. yeah perfect like per perfect segue into the next episode because these episodes have these you know two episode arcs where they're always like a thing yeah. you're always yeah. connecting the next two you know yeah so um I mean at first it was a little random to be introduced to this yet a new family that we've never really seen before never really seen the kids in school before but then you have these little inklings like you know with with the father being gone because of the mining accident you have yeah. these tiny little nuggets that are just sprinkled throughout oh so, my word yeah. And how well, how well do you have to know literature to know. even know that there would be something out there like that? Right? You know, I mean, that's, that's that an obscure, that's an obscure little poem. Yes. Yes. I've never heard this poem before. It is called Faithless Nellie Gray by Thomas Hood. Does it say what year it was written? Um, well, let me just Google it. Well, he was, he lived 1799 to <laughs> All right, we're going to start off easy. Oh, good. What, <laughs> what did Jolene name her baby bird? Jack. Jack. Yay. <laughs> After the red feathers. After the red feathers. Here's another fun trivia question that I think is maybe a continuity issue. What day did Abigail acquire the cafe? Oh, man. Day, um, month, and year it was signed. You saw it when she uh, signed the paper with Gowan. I looked at the top of the paper, but I didn't look at the bottom. I never looked at the bottom. Shoot! Look at you, Casey. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It is close to one of our birthdays. <laughs> okay, well, it's 1910. Dang. <laughs> and it's give or take May, about 90 years <laughs> May 30th May 27th May 12th oh and 
is not close to your birthday. That's it is. Same, Listen, girlfriend that's here celebrates Casey's birthday all month long. Oh May my! May first through thirty first is Casey's birthday month. Okay. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's supposed to be y'all's birthday. Caroline's is October and yours is August. So I mean, you know. All right. Point taken. Point taken. <laughs> May twelfth. I am so I'm so happy you all remembered my birthday was in May. I mean. Yes. <laughs> okay next question what time was on the clock before elizabeth went out to look for abigail 10 40 oh that is correct i looked and i paused it (laughs) the next question where did jack put the baby birds he rescued from the millers in the oak tree by the well yeah the tree yes that is correct. How much of the profits did Abigail offer originally? 25%. 25%. Yeah. And last question. Who did Elizabeth write to about Bo? Dr. Hinshelwood. Dr. Professor. That's correct. Way to go on trivia, you guys. Yay. Yay. You got you got us with the one. You got I us did. with the with the date. I did. Listen, episodes are really hard to find. I mean, there's a balance between do we want to go like a hundred percent obscure or do we want to give these little nuggets here and there that right. you would have to actually be looking for to find. Right. It's not like buried under something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Hardies, we hope that you enjoyed our episode today, our recap of Second Chances. And next week, Cami, would you like to share your special episode? Yes, please. I was given an, an amazing privilege. I got to have a chat with Mr. Adam Miller, Chad Willett himself. He comes on the podcast and talks to us about the role of Adam and everything he put into it and what the days were like with just him and Dan on the set. It's, it's fantastic. That is super exciting. We are excited to have chat on the podcast. It, it was a whirlwind of events, you guys. And so it was just Cami and Chad. So Caroline and I will not be here on the episode next week. Um, but it was just, it was, uh, it just happened so perfectly. Like yes. the timing of it and everything was just so amazing. So Well, and I, I got to tell you guys, Hardy's, I say this, I say this in the episode, but the first time I ever saw Chad on a Hallmark movie was in 1995. I was a kid. He was 18 or 19, maybe. And he was fantastic even then. And I was living in Central America and we got American television, thank heavens. But I was going through some rough times and the and that movie that I saw him in I had it totally memorized and it got and it got me through a lot of hard times when I would come home really frustrated and upset from school a lot of times I would turn on this movie and it would make me feel better so talking to talking to him it was called Annie O the Hallmark and the Hallmark in the 90s did this whole series where they took 
famous historical stories and famous liter literature stories and turn them into modern teenage stories. So my favorite, Ooh. my favorite one was Romeo and Juliet. They turned it into Ronnie and Julie. And because it was Hallmark Entertainment, they gave it a happy ending. There was, <laughs> uh, there was Robin Hood. They changed it in, they changed it to Robin of Loxley and Loxley was an all boys academy you know oh, and, yeah and so so annie o was the story of annie oakley mm -hmm. and they and they made it into uh, basketball so annie was a girl who was really really good at basketball but there was no girls varsity basketball team oh, and so the cool. coach the coach let her on the team with the boys and on the team was the best member of the team wild bill harper played by chad oh. and, and the two of them and the two of them fall in love it's just a sweet cute teenage romance it, it's oh. adorable yeah yeah in basketball how brilliant because that is so great her shots <laughs> yes exactly so but yeah i mean watching that movie in 1995, I mean, can you imagine me telling my 11-year-old self that, oh, by the way, in 25 years, you're going to talk to that guy. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> Whoa! That's <laughs> he, came, he came up on the screen and I just went, oh my gosh, I'm talking to Chad Willis. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. <laughs> Well, Hardys, you have a lot to look forward to. We are going to talk to Chad. We have our giveaway. We'll do his episode. Then we'll have another guest. Yeah. And we'll save that for later. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to have so much fun this month. And we will see you all on the interwebs. So make sure you tell your friends to subscribe to us on YouTube, enter our giveaway, and let us know what you think about this episode. We will see you back next week with Chad. At least Cammy will. And Caroline yes. and I will see you on the interwebs. Yep. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.